0: Right. Right.
1: Probably right.
0: Probably light.
1: (laughs) And welcome, everybody, Uh, (laughs) to (laughs) All Systems Argo, the mini edition. We're talking about Hannibal.
0: (laughs) 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 We're talking about that TV show for the discerning connoisseur. One that certainly deserves a Michelin star. (laughs) (laughs) Probably several.
1: (laughs) And so essentially, uh, listeners, last week we watched Silence of the Lambs uh, on our regular uh, All Systems Argo episode. And so this week we are talking about Hannibal because we noticed that, oh man, I really missed that show. That show was good, and
0: there were a a lot of show.
1: Yeah, honestly, NBC canceling it before its time—crime, crime. Crime.
0: So sad. (laughs) Um, did that really air on NBC?
1: I know it definitely felt like it should have aired on like HBO or something, right? (laughs) Yeah, all the
0: blood and the gore. It is crazy that that aired on network television. It really did. Hold up. No, double check me.
1: That was no, right just TVMA. did. I just
0: did. It is NBC. Wow. I mean, it was definitely TVMA, but like.
1: There's no wow. way that should have aired on television. I take it back. <laughs> uh, with the wow. amount of murder, blood, gore, uh, cannibalism. I remember <laughs> watching it on lot TV. Of cannibalism. <laughs> exactly i remember watching it on tv upstairs in my house in our tv room and when like it came on and it wasn't a commercial i would like try to slowly shut the door so that my mom couldn't see what i was watching (laughs) 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 so she wouldn't be like why are you watching that devil stuff
0: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't watch it until college and it's i mean what a show i'm a huge like serial killer guy and true crime person anyway. So it worked out. But man, there are so many serial killers in the Baltimore area in this show.
1: Honestly, it makes Baltimore out to be very scary. It makes Baltimore
0: <laughs> look worse than The Wire. Stop. And I, you know I hate The Wire. I know you do. The oh. Wire has so many good elements of Baltimore and this has none. This place... <laughs> Baltimore of Hannibal is a place for murderers and those who fail to catch murderers.
1: Also, it's a place for not just murderers and those who fail to catch murderers, um, but it's also (laughs) a place for just straight up serial killers and attempted serial killers.
0: They are all over.
1: Because they're not murderers, they're serial killers. This is true. Holy crap.
0: There's so many of them.
1: Porcano Lostos. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but um wild that there's that many of them
1: yeah honestly like going back and like just looking at some of the episodes it really put into perspective for me how much murder happens in that show there's murder like because you forget that it's an episodic um it's <clears throat> it not is a procedural it's, show. It's, yeah procedural that's the
0: word I'm for. or some of it i mean it's partially episodic partially procedural but like or serialized partially procedural but like there are at least five to six like it's not every single episode sometimes you'll have a couple
1: where it's the same criminal
0: well yeah but between five and eight
1: because obviously you're gonna have your two-parters
0: <laughs> but yeah
1: the fact that each episode is investigating an additional murder <laughs> just makes the area seem much scarier than it is no good morning
0: baltimore in this show as people who have lived around balt i mean you've lived in baltimore most of your life i went to college there there's not that many murderers like there really isn't really not many at all
1: you just specifically uh i don't know i haven't felt unsafe largely really like ever I said largely.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> but I feel like you just know where not to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but sure. I think it's like, I think every city resident, like anyone yes. from any city, knows that there are certain parts of the city you don't go to.
0: Yeah. You Especially just, if you're looking a certain way. This is unrelated. Remember when the main character had encephalitis? <laughs> Wait, what? Remember when Will had encephalitis in season one? and he was having like hallucinations oh yeah because he had encephalitis i
1: didn't i didn't remember the encephalitis i remembered the hallucinations the fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's having hallucinations and he gets an mri and somehow Lecter gets the mri person if i recall not to tell him that he has encephalitis so he thinks he's fine
1: Oh yeah. I remember that because I remember the scene in the hospital where he's like, yeah, I'm just going to research him. Pretend everything's fine. And then Crazy. he later murders the doctor. <laughs> 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 just, I remember him like standing over the doctor in a, like, okay. Just the image of Mad Mi- Mads Mickelson and his micro expressions in uh, his stone face Standing up in a office room, wearing a plastic man suit. (laughs) Being like one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. It just brought to mind the clinical way in which he's been killing people this entire time. Because the whole show, you very rarely see him actually kill people right until a certain point like you you saw him like walk off camera with a knife once and <laughs> but it just should like we? slowly ramped up
0: maybe we should maybe we should give anybody who hasn't actually seen Hannibal like what the show is I guess
1: yeah let's do that so Uh, And feel free to chime in, Jamal. Absolutely. But the Hannibal show uh, on NBC um, is an additional adaptation of Red Dragon. And so unlike Silence of the Lambs, which we talked about in a previous episode, Hannibal actually begins where Hannibal is still a practicing psychiatrist. And he has been recruited um, by the FBI to help uh, in cases. But the way that Hannibal is structured focuses on Detective Will Graham. Uh, And Detective Will Graham has a unique ability to pretend that he's the killer in his mind and relate to them in order to find who the killer is. But this has negative impacts on his mental health. uh, And so what that leads to is him sometimes having visions or conflating himself with the killer. Yes. Yes. And in this show, Hannibal becomes Will Graham's psychiatrist, and I don't think you want to trust a psychopath with your mental health. Yes.
0: And to be fair, Mads Mikkelsen, unimpeachable in the role. Fantastic. Wonderful.
1: Absolutely incredible.
0: The idea that anyone would go to him for psychiatry is patently insane.
1: <laughs> it absolutely is. The man. You know, I feel like you would see him- and he, he, though his cadence and the way he moves in the role of Hannibal, and you would say, "Oh, absolutely not! <laughs> <laughs> this man I, could not possibly be uh, my psychiatrist in any way, also, shape, or
0: form." His apartment, well, sorry, his office slash apartment that he works out of. How do I describe the decor? Cultist <laughs> chic. I mean, I mean, everything. The show has a very distinct visual style. A lot of red, a lot of red colors,
1: blues, silvers. Um, it's very aesthetic.
0: His apartment looks like a modern day Dracula's castle, which is certainly intentional and great. But also, uh, why would you ever? Why would you ever?
1: Uh, on top of it being a creepy showroom. <laughs> In many ways It's also weirdly sterile In a way that just makes you Uncomfortable Like everything is wide And just carefully placed Kind of like if you went to like It's kind of like a fancy Ikea (laughs) Where you don't want to touch anything (laughs) <laughs> or like a fancy <laughs> furniture store. You're like, oh, I don't want to touch anything because I might mess it up.
0: Everything is incredibly... It feels uncomfortable. Yeah, clinical, sterile, placed, but with a really wonderful sense of color. It's kind of very David Fincher-y, but if David Fincher did not have a, as many grays and browns. But yeah, so it takes place before Silence of the Lambs. Um, it does... Bring in some of Red Dragon, which was the first Hannibal Lecter book that Thomas Harris wrote. Most of the show, the three seasons that exist, uh, are original material. So you got some of the same characters. your are um, Hannibal, your Will Graham, Crawford, the blogger. Freddie Lounds. Yes,
1: Fre- Freddie Lounds. Freddie Lounds. I don't remember who she was played by.
0: Laura Jean Chorastecki, based on my Googling. Mm-hmm. Freddie Lowndes was a dude in the book and they gender swapped.
1: Which Worked actually well. is such a fun note to add um, just for me <laughs> because watching Hannibal versus and then watching Silence of the Lambs, I forgot how white Silence of the Lambs was <laughs> because I had spent years watching Hannibal as it aired. I was like, oh, that's what Jack Crawford looks like in this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> it, it just uh I just think it goes to show um the the way that I think uh I don't know. I, I just thought that was very interesting.
0: It is. I mean Crawford and Crawford, one of the biggest differences between any of the movie versions and the show. Uh Jack Crawford in this is played by Lawrence Fishburne. Um phenomenal. The we goat. love Larry. We we stand the fish here.
1: Obviously, we stand the fish. This is a fish standing podcast. If you don't stand the fish, it's okay for you to leave.
0: Absolutely. And he is not underplaying, it's not a subtle role as played by Lawrence Fishburne. Not bad <laughs> by any means. Just not subtle.
1: He definitely <laughs> plays the hell out of that detective character.
0: The way it feels to me in, in the show is that his Crawford is an FBI agent who got promoted at some point to the head of a department and never really realized it. Yes. like he He's very good at working Will Graham, but in a way that feels like an older colleague or even a supervisor, but not the head of a department. And he has a lot of those like you said, sort of detective instincts.
1: Yeah, and it's shown like within the department when they do show the FBI and the inside of the FBI, the way that he clearly has been there for years and has some sort of sway, but has no official title that goes with that sway.
0: Yeah, he's just, he's the head of behavioral sciences, but he's, the FBI exists in an, almost a weird bubble in the show. Mm-hmm. Where all of the characters we see don't seem to interact with the rest of the FBI as an agency.
1: Exactly. Uh, at least until Will Graham is accused of being the Chesapeake Ripper, in which case other characters begin to be introduced because they are starting to blame the behavioral sciences division for all of these murders, And they want to blame them and sweep it under the rug.
0: Which, by the way, Fair.
1: Valid. Even though, as a viewer, you know that it's not Will Graham, they're still to blame for hiring Hannibal and having a serial killer in their midst while they fucking try to solve crimes.
0: So the, 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 the like structure of the show, because I think that plays into that, is that Will Graham is a criminal profiler in the behavioral sciences unit. Behavioral sciences at the FBI, famous department. Like Criminal Minds, is about that department. There's a billion shows and books that are about criminal profilers. It's a um, semi dubious science. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's that, not. That's to say the least. But in this show, it is one step away from mind reading. Will Graham uh,
1: is using mental magic because of his inflamed brain while that gives him the superpower of enhanced empathy while (laughs) while he's literally an empath and he's empathizing with these serial killers to the point that he's literally putting himself in their shoes and seeing himself committing murders which is having a toll on his mental health and then you see everyone else in the show outside of will graham's magic just doing their jobs
0: and they're all like, man, this doesn't seem good for him. To everybody in this show, Will Graham is like, is like some kind of supernatural auger, literally using human guts to scry the future and find killers. <laughs> and in reality, Will Graham is some dude with some serious mental problems <laughs> making guesses.
1: Um, and everybody treats him both as this sort of mythological <laughs> figure who o- is the only person who can solve all the crimes in time. While simultaneously, everyone recognizes that this is bad for him. He is a ticking time bomb, and he may in fact start killing people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Using the powers that they've been in awe of
0: at the end of the first season, and I guess this is a it's a spoiler.
1: Spoiler yeah. for a show that came out in 2013.
0: Yeah, and spoilers are not that important for this show. You should watch it in general. Yes, um, it is I mean, very...
1: It's a beautiful show, just visually. Um absolutely. And even uh, knowing what's going to happen does not destroy the experience for you.
0: Absolutely not. Uh, extremely gory. Exceedingly gory. Do be aware.
1: Holy shit. Exceedingly fucking gory.
0: I mean, also... Uh, you have Hannibal, uh, forensic psychiatrist, helping the behavioral department. Um, so, of course, this is before Hannibal has been found to be a murderer, and he is helping them catch other serial killers, while also himself being a chameleon serial killer who kills in
1: the style of the other serial killers to hide that he has been serial killer.
0: Yes. And there's so many...
1: Serial killers
0: with weird methods and weird goals. And he just is like, "Eh, I'll do it like this guy.
1: It's fine. It's actually pretty funny, too, because when he interacts with other murderers, you do see him looking down on them in the same way that Hannibal does in Silence of the Lambs. But one of the things that for me (laughs) sticks Uh, out is I don't know if you remember cello guy.
0: Oh. <laughs> the oh, guy yeah. who Yeah, I made... remember Cello Guy.
1: Oh cello guy. So there was an episode where Cello Guy, aka Tobias, <laughs> Tobias Budge, uh he is a serial killer that has a 1v1 <laughs> with <laughs> Dr. Hannibal Lecter. I guess they just didn't have compatible killing styles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and he's like friends with one of one of um Hannibal's patients, which is actually uh taken from the character uh James Gum in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I didn't know that. It's that same backstory. Um there was some there was some stuff changed from the book in both cases, but yeah, where he finds this other serial killer and they have a sort of tête-à-tête. They're like Mm. mutually respectful, sort of.
1: Until they're not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think it's funny to see the differences between these two Hannibals and the impact of these two shows. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because the mind games that are present in – in Hannibal the TV show, are vastly different from the mind games in Silence of the Lambs. Don't you think, Jamal?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, in Silence of the Lambs, right, Anthony Hopkins is already in prison. And he's playing it like a... I don't know. A cat who's in a cage, but is always one second away from jumping out and ripping out your throat. So (laughs) he's constantly playing with his own image, and making himself seem more or less threatening, depending, and playing the role of sort of always knowing exactly what everyone else is thinking, whereas uh, Mads Mickelson Hannibal is still in hiding. So he's supportive sometimes and commanding and just sort of both a friend and confidant to so many characters.
1: Yeah, watching that is so interesting because when you look at the way that Clarice trusts Hannibal in uh, Silence of the Lambs, their relate their relationship is built on. Hannibal has the power; he's helping to elevate, you know, her career, which is something that she wants. She does not trust him, but also he is the only person giving her information on how to stop this murderer. Right. Whereas in Hannibal, the TV show, which uh, season three is on Netflix, forgot to mention uh, (laughs) because it did get picked up um, and then dropped. (laughs) (laughs) But Hannibal's relationship with Will Graham is very much one of like care and consideration. He does see uh, Will Graham in many ways as a friend and equal, while simultaneously. Uh, manipulating him and abusing him.
0: Yes. Oh, and side note, I I think all three seasons were on NPC. Really? Yeah. Um. They. I remember they switched it to di- to a different time, but it's on all of them. It's on definitely on Netflix now. Mm. And it I got thought, a for some huge reason I thought life.
1: season three uh, was produced by Netflix.
0: I would love if they produced season four. <laughs> Honestly. But yeah, no. It. It in both versions Hannibal seems to find people he respects or likes in a way that he can because even someone he respects or has affection for he's still manipulating and controlling there's no he's not honest with anyone
1: the closest he gets is uh, a fellow psychiatrist who he still Anderson exactly who he still then manipulates wonderful performance by her by the way
0: i think the hannibal the the mads mickelson hannibal feels meaner in a way because Mm. he's so many of the things he's doing hurt so many of the people close like closest to him and we see those consequences play out over and over i mean a lot of the show is will graham going insane especially the first season it's because Anthony. of Hannibal. Where he is, he's a pretty straight shooter with Clarice in the Anthony Hopkins version.
1: Yeah, he definitely is more straight uh, forward in Silence of the Lambs. It just feels weird to me, like, watching Anthony Hopkins not play mind games while, <laughs> yeah. after having like watched years, literal years. Because keep in mind, I watched Hannibal while it was airing watching <laughs> literal years of a Hannibal that is like conniving and like actively harmful and like lying. And you see the impact that each of his decisions has um, on the relationships that he has with people in their lives because Hannibal, instead of being a distant sociopath as he's portrayed as having no connections in Silence of the Lambs, the Hannibal on in the NBC series, very clearly has not friends but people who feel close to him and he like who yes. are associates to him he has active re- relationships i don't necessarily want to spoil you know, what those relationships look like, because that does feel like a spoiler. But he builds active relationships with people and they feel a kinship with him. And so when he does certain things, you know, that on purpose to hurt them, it really hits hard <laughs> because you're yeah. watching him not feel anything about it.
0: Yes. That's a, that's a really good point, because like in The Silence of the Lambs, the only foils for Hannibal are Clarice and a bunch of idiots or mentally ill, well, mentally ill in a more obvious way, people. The the people in, in the cells around him, one of whom he kills, <clears throat> the um, security guards and such, who he effortlessly manipulates, and Dr. Chilton, who is a pompous idiot. So... We see him interacting with Clarice in an almost positive way because everyone around, almost everyone around both characters is treating them poorly and it seems more positive. Whereas in Hannibal, yeah, he has all these connections, he has all these other people, and we see him hurting them and we see them as, you know, three dimensional. Characters who have desires and goals and are, in most cases, good people or trying to be good people. And then you have Hannibal, who regards everyone else from a place of total arrogance.
1: And you see it, too, in every dinner scene in which he's at the head of the table or serving the food, standing above everyone And you watch the way he smirks as he feeds these people, people. (laughs) (laughs) And the clear power dynamic and thrill uh, that it gives him.
0: (laughs) Yes. I mean, he he really likes good food. He's a gourmand. He Um,
1: elevates these people that he sees (laughs) as... (laughs) He, he and this is obviously in quotations he quote elevates these rude and awful people that he sees as cattle into yes. uh exquisite cuisine
0: yes and most of the people around him he doesn't kill well his the main characters because he has some respect for them unless he has to but the people he eats are nothing And again, even the people around him, he'll manipulate in many ways for his own purposes or for fun.
1: (laughs) It's the differences could not be more clear between (laughs) these two characters. Like Hannibal is a totally different character in the TV series than he is in Silence of the Lambs.
0: Yes. And he is also in Silence of the Lambs. I think it's important to point out that, well, mention again that he is not the main villain he's like the main villain is the um questionably portrayed uh more than
1: questionably but yes
0: <laughs> yeah buffalo bill buffalo bill is the scary gross villain who we can fully hate and be terrified by lector is scary but in a more complicated way where he is here Hannibal, whether obvious or not, is 100% the, the villain of the show and is um, deeply hateable. <laughs> <He> is, <laughs> oh, there's no point in that show where I, well, not no point, but there's so many points in the show where I would love to see him get shot in the face.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, the, he, you, you, ah! <laughs> I cannot express, like, because I think that the way that he carries himself in the show is so jarring, um, <laughs> because he's compare he's portraying himself as this dandy um, <laughs> and this very like elite, classy character, and he he's portraying that in everything he does and the way that he moves, um, especially compared to every other character who is normal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then if you add on if you add that elitism on top of the fact that like you're watching him be just literally the most detestable human being in every way possible and in ways you didn't think were possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah you literally were are like oh fuck this guy he's gotta go when's he going I don't know is there another season <laughs> who knows <laughs> we'll find out on the next episode while the <laughs> while he helps us track down another killer
0: oh it's and not only do you hate him like you want him to get beaten <laughs> and he never is he's always on top yes and perhaps he would have been had the show gone on further but i don't know i mean it's not like it ends with uh hannibal in jail i mean
1: speaking of people being locked in places i, I love a good transition uh Holy crap, aren't those Chiltons different?
0: Those, are Chil- those Chiltons <laughs> are wild.
1: You've got, like, sexual harassment Chilton, and then you've <laughs> got, like, clearly queer-coded Chilton.
0: <laughs> They're both, like, pompous weirdos, but in really different, interesting ways. I mean, Silence of the Lambs Chilton is such a gross dude. Oh, he's such a, like, a gross, smug, punchable douche.
1: You're like, oh, fuck this guy. Like, (laughs) he doesn't want to help her now that he's, like, now that she's not going to fucking go on a date with him or whatever.
0: Oh, it's it's a great performance. I mean, it is.
1: (laughs) It's a great performance. And then. Very convincing.
0: The one in Hannibal is a much weirder character.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: definitely queer coded.
1: Yeah. I just feel like the, I feel like the Chilton um, that we see in the Hannibal, in like Hannibal, the show um, is so much more like sneaky and he, he like is shown to basically be this like. Oh, he's also a terrible psychiatrist abusing his power. Please don't let this show let stop you from going to a mental health professional. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) but um, we support counseling and therapy on this show. But um, he's also, you know, a person who is thirsty for power. Um, In his role as a psychiatrist, but it comes out in a different way because he wants notoriety rather than Hannibal, who is looking for power um, in the sense of, you know, eating people.
0: Yes. Yeah. And like, of course, in The Silence of the Lambs, the character is much more caricatured because it's a movie and he's two hours long and he doesn't need shading. Less screen time. This Chilton is definitely smarter. And less obviously idiotic, but he's not less stupid. He still plays with fucking fire. Like the first children feels to me like an administrative character. Yeah, he's a psychiatrist, sure, but he comes across like a director. Children in the show feels like a a psychiatrist or a wannabe psychiatrist. Trying to use his patience for his own ends, which, you know, doesn't work out for him. No, consistently, every season. Oh my God. Honestly, (laughs) we won't talk specifics
1: about what happens to Chilton because that shit is jarring. But
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know which, what you're even referring to. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Multiple. (laughs) But. Um, I do think that um, he still has that same unearned arrogance.
0: Yes, yes. Despite him constantly getting viscerally shown his own foolishness, um, he, <laughs> he continues to believe he is the smartest, which is wild. And I, I honestly, I just feel like there's a
1: way in which his character is just so prideful you you see chilton for the first time and you immediately hate him (laughs) yeah you there and the thing is over the course of watching it you just start to feel bad you just feel (laughs) so bad for this man and he it's not like he's also it's not like he's a good person either no um There's a way in which this show takes all of these awful people, or rather flawed characters, um, and attempts to uh, humanize them.
0: Uh, You can say awful people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're not great. I don't think
0: there's anybody in the show who I would say is good. Would you? Uh,
1: Give me a second. Let me check IMDB. <laughs> um, I know exactly who the good person fucking is. It's Beverly Katz. Beverly Katz was a great person the whole fucking time. And was she rewarded for it? Absolutely not. <laughs> fucking shout out to, I think her name is like Hatine Park. Yes. You did an amazing job. I loved your fucking character. If you ever hear this, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> also, she she's fucking beautiful. Great. She's fucking gorgeous. Holy shit.
0: Very true. Boy she does not get she does not get rewarded for it
1: deserves so much more screen time. I loved her so much
0: <laughs> oh I think it's just her and Gina Torres as Crawford's wife
1: oh yeah yeah and and like those two characters actually you're right about Gina Torres Crawford's Crawford's wife um she has her own storyline that's old, yes. that. Only intersects with Hannibal in a way that is tragic for her.
0: It's Um, rough.
1: And she's a good person. She's trying to make do with her circumstances. She has cancer and she is married to Jack Crawford, who wants her to get chemo. And she doesn't want to experience her last days um, risking the effects that come with chemotherapy. And And so her storyline, she's a good person. She's a complicated person, but she's a good person.
0: Yes. And, you know, has the deep misfortune. Of knowing Hannibal Lecter. Yes. And all of the people who know Hannibal Lecter.
1: And if she didn't know Hannibal Lecter, her life would be better.
0: Undoubtedly.
1: Everyone, (laughs) everyone's life would be better.
0: There really is nobody who whose life is improved with the knowledge of Hannibal. Not a happy show.
1: Absolutely not a happy show. Um, the imagery it, of all of the deaths. Um. Actually, Jamal, I'm curious. What is your <laughs> scariest death scene from Hannibal? Because for me, it was the mosaic when the man rips his body out of the <laughs> when he rips himself as he's been sewn into these other people he cracks the resin that's been on his skin rips himself out of the mosaic and runs into the woods just the imagery of that was after seeing the mosaic itself from above was so ter- from, from b- both in it and from above was so terrifying
0: yes what's your um, scariest okay there's a there's there's a death where someone is inside an isolation chamber Whew. and um a spark is lit ooh just the enclosed space Sorry. and the ooh that's just really rough mm-hmm. uh however strong strong um runner up there's an evil doctor character who kills a nurse
1: yeah um, i remember
0: that yeah with a lot of there's a lot of impaling Stuff. She's <laughs> Would like, you like to impaled.
1: That for our listeners? <laughs> Holy shit! That was wild.
0: She is found impaled with a variety of different instruments from a like a I don't know like a um, it's a room in a hospital like a just a ward I guess I don't know IV poles and medical instruments and scalpels and uh, pieces of Ugh. like rebo just it's like terrifying. 30 different instruments are punctured through this poor dead woman she is a shish kebab it is rough
1: yeah i i definitely think that the show i think the show is much more haunting than the movie silence of the lambs and oh, it might just be how modern the show is and because obviously, Silence of the Lambs was for its time and still holding till now in many ways, very effective in its storytelling and very scary, but not in the same way that the t v show is
0: definitely not like and yeah, definitely part of it is the is the twenty plus years in between that has allowed it to just get worse mm-hmm. but yeah, it it uh, there's so much time and the focus of it is so much more well not more but as much on the emotional pain of the main characters as the horrific physical pain of everyone.
1: Is there anything in particular in Hannibal that just made you so upset <laughs> that was not related to like Hannibal and the murders?
0: I mean, the the encephalitis thing stood out to me a lot. Mm-hmm. Just the power of gaslighting someone about their own mind, which happens a bunch in this show. There's a lot yeah. of multiple characters, in that first season specifically, that are lied to about their own mind by someone like Hannibal they trust so much. That's a really rough thing to imagine.
1: For me it was the clock scene. And in this scene, uh, Hannibal has Will Graham, both his patient and the investigator, draw out a clock. And he draws out a clock that shows that his brain has encephalitis and shows that he like, or at least that there's something wrong. And Will Graham thinks he drew a normal clock, and the way that it cuts yeah. to the visual of Hannibal looking at this clock that is totally drawn incorrectly, um, and him acting like it's totally normal. This show portrays gaslighting like nobody's fucking business.
0: Honestly. It's a really, really effective tactic. Yeah, I mean it's act oh, wolf. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 gaslighting is probably the may be the most commonly used tactic in the show. Like, in a lot of ways, it's a show about empathy and about how empathy can be used against yeah people. And that's a rough thing to watch. And that's not something really that The Silence of the Lambs touches, because that's not what it's about. Exactly. I mean, the show is also substantially less feminist than oh, yes. Silence of the Lambs. It's just not... Telling a story about that.
1: Exactly. And speaking of, you were going to mention Abigail. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of feminism, women. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a character um, named Abigail who is the daughter of a serial killer who is dispatched in the first episode. Who may or may not have been helping him sort of kill but in a way where it's very difficult to know how forced or not forced it is. And she ends up growing closer to both Will Graham and Lecter throughout the first season. And watching her sort of grooming, I think, is the only way to describe it.
1: Yeah. Murder grooming. Um, rather yeah, than sexual grooming. Murder grooming,
0: which happened – her father already did that to her. But to watch her be – rescued from that only to be put into the clutches of Hannibal
1: who everyone trusts and sees yes. as a great and awesome icon who is a psychiatrist who could totally help her through her issues
0: yes it it is hard it is heartbreaking especially I mean when will Graham is deeply invested in trying to keep her safe and just utterly unable to do so. And she's used really as a weapon against him.
1: I think that this show's portrayal of women is really interesting. I feel I have complicated feelings about it because Hannibal the show is not feminist in a in the way that silence of the lambs is, um, you have, Powerful women doing jobs. Hashtag girl boss. (laughs) Um, And and obviously everyone works within the FBI. um, And like, these are all people who are elevated, all, all women who are elevated in their careers, largely speaking. But I think that the way that they are used in this game between the men in the story, that being uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, Will Graham, Jack Crawford—the way that they are used as pawns, I think, is also or as motivation or as tool rather than person—is definitely interesting. Not to say that they don't have characters.
0: Yeah, they certainly do. But yeah, it's it's this is definitely a story that is very much about Graham and Hannibal,
1: mm-hmm. and so they're um, pawns in this larger chess game.
0: Absolutely they never quite feel like, even Crawford feels like he has a lot more agency than most of the female characters often get to exhibit.
1: Which it might not sound like it based on what we've been talking about, but female character-wise, we've really mentioned uh, Abigail Hobbs, and we've mentioned uh, Abigail Hobbs being the um, daughter of, uh, the first murderer in the show, the first serial killer. Yes. Um we've mentioned uh we've mentioned Freddie Lowndes, who runs a blog um online focusing on murders in the area. Arguably but not so arguably exploitative. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and we've mentioned Hannibal's uh psychiatrist friend, Dr. Bedelia, played by Gillian Anderson but there are more women in the show, and they do have a large impact, and you do see different personalities, but they are within this chess game, that the sh- within the narrative that the show is playing. Not saying that that's a bad thing, um, because obviously I love and enjoy the show, and I love and enjoy these characters, but saying that their agency sometimes seems limited.
0: Absolutely. And it, it is interesting that we have not talked about arguably the biggest female character in the show, Exactly, Alana Bloom, because she's one of the least interesting.
1: She is the character who uh, is the love interest for Will Graham. And the relationship that she has with Will Graham, Dr. Lecter, Jack Crawford, is one that is not unfamiliar to anyone who's seen a love interest character in any movie ever.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> And she, I mean, she has a lot that she does. I mean, she, especially in the later seasons mm-hmm. and she is also a psychiatrist like everybody in this show.
1: Yes. <laughs> She's <an idiot's>
0: <laughs> but yeah, especially at first, she really does fall into that spot in the story.
1: And I think she only breaks out of it really partway through uh, season, toward the end of season two and in season three. And and, uh, And it's not to say that she's not a, you know, important character because obviously she's very important to the narrative and very important to the story, but it is to say that, you know, your most prominent female character is not one that interests the audience. Yes. Because she doesn't have a character that's discernible from care from female character love interests in other movies, yeah, uh, and which is so distinctly different from watching Clarice,
0: yeah, who and is, the way
1: the world looks at Clarice,
0: yes, in a story where Clarice is the main character, and we're seeing the world through her perspective,
1: yeah, I. Honestly, I'm still surprised by the way that Silence of the Lambs was filmed and directed.
0: Yeah, it it is it is well, I mean, and some of that of course is to is comes from the book as well, but it's a striking focus point especially for a movie from 1991. Even now, compared to something like Hannibal, which is very much a dude story. I mean, obviously, we would recommend it unless you are not into gore, which um Yeah, well.
1: Yeah, or if you can't handle watching the level of gaslighting in the show, I wouldn't blame you.
0: It's not a fun show. It's not fun. Well, it is fun. It's
1: fun, and it's beautiful. Yes. But holy shit, is it dark.
0: (laughs) Every time you have some fun, the show reminds you of the humanity of the characters. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and um, brings it right back down to earth.
0: Yeah. Which is, I think, one of the strongest element, maybe the strongest element of the show. That it is so beautiful and it is so crazy. It is so over the top insane. <laughs> but it has this really grounded connection to its characters and a real empathy for nearly everyone and how that just keeps you connected to it.
1: And I think that's actually a really great note um, to kind of, transition to something a little lighter <laughs> um, because I think well, that really sums up the feeling of Hannibal um, versus Silence of the Lambs so hey Jamal
0: <laughs> what's up
1: did you know that back in the day in ye old 2013 <laughs> Hannibal fans had a fan base name and that was called Fannibal's <laughs>
0: Oh, man.
1: (laughs) It was the worst man.
0: Oh, man. That's. That's a rough one.
1: We lived through it. We survived. (laughs) That. So bad.
0: Hannibal. That. It seems like you're trying.
1: Oh, it's so bad.
0: I mean, uh. bless him, but well, as a proud Fannibal, I mean, this must be great for you.
1: <laughs> that name was so terrible. It was terrible, then, and it's terrible now.
0: Hannibal the Fanable.
1: Oh, my God. And there were just like, there was so much like Eat the Rude merchandise.
0: <laughs> I do remember Eat the Rude being a thing.
1: There was so much Hannibal merchandise because people were not getting it. (laughs) (laughs) This is bad. (laughs) Like, I'll sip over Mad Mickelson too, but not for this specifically.
0: I have not seen it, but I'm sure there is a gross element to
1: there has to be
0: <laughs> there must be Ooh. i mean i don't know i don't know but it it seems like there must be right
1: there has to be i never ventured that deep into tumblr
0: yeah yeah good point Twenty
1: thirteen tumblr
0: oh this was the height
1: yeah yeah this was the
0: height of fandom wasn't it
1: it really was and i remember being like you know I think I can pass. <laughs> like, like, I, I was already in a lot of fandoms back then, and I particularly didn't need this one.
0: I mean, I just
1: enjoyed the show as a horror fan.
0: Have I read some Hannibal fan fiction? You have yes. haven't. Jamal, have. You haven't. I have. Uh, and this will be on the cutting room floor. that's a good one jamal that's a good one anyways keep going
1: thank you for listening to the all systems argo (laughs) minisode
0: thanks for listening go watch hannibal
1: (laughs) watch it it's a great story great show um and don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts
0: yeah listen to that main (laughs) all systems argo show
1: oh yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> or just this whatever
1: exact you know whatever floateth your boateth. you feel me exactly
0: hey you do what is good for you
1: exactly we support your schedule and your life and how you do your
0: planning if you choose not to give us that sweet sweet ad revenue we stand that
1: We stand that, even though we currently do not have any sweet, sweet ad revenue.
0: Exactly. It doesn't matter either way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, you could, you know, hit that button and subscribe, and then maybe we could get some sweet, sweet revenue and you could help us escape this evil capitalist uh, state. But, like, you don't have to, there's no pressure.
0: No, we would never dream of guilting you. Into hitting that sweet, sweet subscribe button
1: (laughs) wherever you listen to podcasts,
0: or all places you don't. (laughs) All right, thanks for listening, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey,
1: everyone, it's Jess. It's really a lot of fun making all of these mini so we hope you enjoyed listening to us discuss Hannibal and Silence of the Lambs. Share your thoughts with us by following at the Argo Rule on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All Systems Argo was edited and produced using Alitu and Audacity. The music in this episode was 13 by Cathedral of Chemical Equilibrium. All Systems Argo is produced by Ian White, Jess Hassell, and Jamal B. Barringer. A big thank you to Ian for their editing work on this episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.